Hey everyone, I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is The Daily DC. It's debate day here in Las Vegas. For audio purposes, we're once again recording from the inside of a podcasting fort in our producer's hotel room. Uh, It is quite the setup here. I might post some photos later for people to take a look at. Uh, And joining me in said podcasting fort is my friend and colleague, CNN senior Washington correspondent, Jeff Zeleny. Jeff, Hey, hey, David. Great to be here in your fort. Wow. I know. It's not my fort. Lou built it, but... This is insane. I don't, I mean, it's just mattresses. Let's take this with us. I like it. Okay. Um, I want you uh, to look ahead to the debate tonight. Obviously, the the thing that is going to be most different, though I would argue there are two different things, is Michael Bloomberg is going to be on the stage, uh, new and into the fray, out from behind your television screen of of, uh, campaign ads and actually into the fray as a candidate. And two, I guess the other thing that is different is Bernie Sanders is a commanding frontrunner in this race at the moment, according to most of the national polls out right now and some state polls uh, in upcoming key contests. So I guess those are two different dynamics. Last night, as you know, Jeff, we had uh, Sanders, Buttigieg and Klobuchar on our town hall stage here in Las Vegas. And here is how they sort of previewed their attacks on Michael Bloomberg. There are a number of things about his record that I think the American people may not know. Do you think Michael Bloomberg is trying to buy the Democratic nomination for president? Yes. (laughs) Yes. I don't think that when people look at Donald Trump, they automatically say, hmm, can we get someone richer? So how much, and maybe you have a sense from your reporting, do you anticipate the five candidates not named Michael Bloomberg to spend their precious debate stage time on Michael Bloomberg? I think quite a bit of time, and this is why. We've uh, had eight debates. This is the ninth debate. But in some ways, it feels like a whole new political world. And that it's true in a sense because the race is uh, reshaped. It's a different moment. But I think if you look to see like what has happened uh, during all these debates, Amy Klobuchar has sort of arisen to somewhat prominence because of her debate performances. So this offers her an opportunity to go after Mike Bloomberg. Pete Buttigieg, of course, wants to draw a contrast with Mike Bloomberg. Bernie Sanders certainly wants to draw a contrast I'm on the ideological side and how he raises money and how he spends his own money. So Mike Bloomberg, even though he's not been really uh, the center of anything except his own universe, now is at the center of this actual uh, contest. So I think that um, all the campaign advisors I'm talking to uh, do say that they plan to uh, focus on Mike Bloomberg. But you were right. Bernie Sanders, if Mike Bloomberg wasn't here, this would be the big story. Can anyone stop Bernie Sanders? He would be just on the cusp of, you know, perhaps cementing his lead that at least mathematically will be inescapable. He's been spending his time here this week, not necessarily all in Nevada, in California. He's going back there on Friday. He's been in Washington State. He's been in Colorado. He is looking ahead because he feels uh, pretty confident here in his uh, position. So at the debate tonight, I think you know we will see a pile on Mike Bloomberg, but we will also see some other efforts to um, kind of awaken the Democratic electorate to Bernie Sanders. But that hasn't really worked up until this point. Yeah, I, mean, I was going to say, we've like, what new argument that. can that be? Well, exactly. I mean, we, I, I, Joe Biden last summer was making the case he has this totally unrealistic Medicare for all plan. He does not say how he can pay for it. Uh, Pete Buttigieg has tried that argument as well. And all we've seen is Bernie Sanders on the rise. So is there something else in their arsenal 
or I, I mean, we may not know that yet, but do you anticipate similar lines of attack or we're going to hear new lines of attack from his competitors on Bernie Sanders? I think there are not many new lines of attack on Bernie Sanders. I mean, he is what he is. He's been, you know, uh, supporting the same positions largely his whole professional life, uh, longer than uh, some candidates have been alive and longer than uh, most candidates have been in uh, public office. So, look, I think the only new dynamic is Mike Bloomberg. I mean, he can certainly make the argument. And I think we'll hear a lot about electability. I th- I do think we will hear uh, candidates, and particularly a uh, Mayor Bloomberg, uh, try and say, uh, look, because of your positions, you cannot defeat the president. Of course, we don't know that to be true. Right. Uh, but the democratic socialism uh, word, in I fact, think, will come up In fact, in some of the polling and exit polling, we've seen Bernie Sanders has some electability appeal. Maybe not. I mean, I think in the New Hampshire exit polls, it was Pete Buttigieg who won those voters who said they want a Trump defeater versus somebody who agrees with them on the issues. We know electability isn't the Sanders strong suit, but it's not like he's got a major deficiency the way his opponents do on the other side of that equation, where Sanders is so far ahead with voters who are looking for somebody who agrees with them on the issues. I think that's right. And I you know, one question overall broadly is, can Bernie Sanders appeal to more people? Can he grow his appeal? So that's what I'm watching for tonight. Is he going to sort of arise as the unifying figure? Is he going to be maybe a different Bernie Sanders? Yes, he'll go after Michael Bloomberg, but he may be more of a leader uh, type position. You can see his he's so so different than he was four years ago. He was much more combative against Hillary Clinton, even earlier in this campaign. I sense we've talked about this before. He is sort of playing more of a of a father figure role or a big picture role saying, like, come with me. He's urging people to come with him. So I think that he will try and get some people who aren't quite sure about him, but see that that this is the, the direction here that he can go. So I think I'm interested in his demeanor and his uh, unifying uh, messages. Well, don't you think also that in addition to, as you're saying, broadening his appeal, and by the way, I'm not sure how much he has to broaden his appeal for the purpose of getting a plurality of the pledge delegates before the convention. I do think he has to broaden his appeal to get a majority of the pledge delegates sure. before the convention. But then there's the whole you know, conversation, is the party going to somehow step in and reverse what a plurality of, of the delegates uh, are are sort of saying who they want their nominee to be. Good luck with that. Yeah, exactly. And that's a down-the-road conversation. But I do wonder, in addition to the desire to broaden that appeal, Jeff, is part of what you're sensing about that difference from four years ago or that leadership role that you're saying right now is the fact that he is keenly aware that there are still a bunch of Democrats inside the party who have a pretty um, bitter taste in their mouth from that 2016 primary. And a lot of Hillary Clinton supporters or a chunk of Hillary Clinton supporters um, are still pissed off uh, that they didn't think Sanders came around and unified the party nearly enough four years ago. They definitely are. That sense is there. And it's hard for me to imagine that actually Bernie Sanders is able to win over most of them. It's hard for me to imagine that he is able to uh, persuade enough true hardcore Clinton believers that he is the one. Uh, It's striking. When you post a picture at a Bernie Sanders rally, just on my own Instagram or on Twitter, uh, you get so much vitriol from Democrats who are more establishment Democrats who say, no, I'm so I think that I'm not sure what he can say, but I think of uh, of some people in the middle, um, he is able to expand his coalition. And you're right, he doesn't have to to win a plurality, but he wants you know this primary to a shutdown just as fast as anyone. And imagine the scenario of this going forward. Um, you know, he uh, certainly has a lot of. Um, 
it's certainly in his interest to uh, do better and expand his uh, universe without a doubt. Uh, but I think the big question, is there anything new to say about Bernie Sanders? I'm not sure, except there's a new person to say it, and that's Mayor Bloomberg. We'll see if he's up to the task. That's a good point. I mean, I do think I've emailed you about this uh, weeks ago. I've always been struck that Joe Biden has sort of been just taking pages out of the Hillary Clinton playbook that when Joe Biden uh, was the in the lead position here and considered Bernie Sanders his biggest threat to the nomination throughout the fall in before the voting began, um, he was just he was just literally regurgitating the Hillary Clinton attacks from four years ago. So I, I, you're right. We haven't seen something new. You're right. We'll have a new person uh, making those claims and we'll see if it's different. Let me ask you about Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren tonight. I mean, obviously, they both had um, very disappointing results from the first two contests in Iowa and New Hampshire. They are in a whole new position than they had spent much of 2019 in where they were real forces inside this uh, nomination race. What is it uh, that they need to accomplish tonight or that you'll be looking to see what they're doing or adjusting to deal with their newfound sort of back of the pack position? I mean, we'll start with Elizabeth Warren. She certainly um, is looking to revive her candidacy here in Nevada, not uh, you know, hoping for a win, probably that's out of their reach, but I think showing that she has a little bit more life into her. And, you know, as she goes into Super Tuesday in other states, so looking for a moment to uh, jumpstart things. I think one way of doing that, perhaps talking to her advisors, is also through uh, Michael Bloomberg. I mean, she has been talking for a long time about his uh, non disclosure agreements that some of his employees uh, signed back in the day at Bloomberg LP. And I think she will erase that. Um, if not now, when? Uh, time would certainly be running out to do that. I think she also will, um, you know, try and you know, remind people why she is in this uh, contest. But it's been extraordinary to watch her decline a little bit, and which also speaks to uh, Senator Sanders' rise. I mean, he has consolidated sort of that viewpoint. So I think that she will train most of her attention on Bloomberg. As for Joe Biden, Look, uh, we've I feel like we've been at this position before, but we actually haven't. I mean, this is really at the end of what uh, could be either the beginning of a new path for him or the end of his candidacy. And he, of course, will go on to South Carolina and he'll be in a debate there next week. But I think a, a lackluster showing on the debate stage is going to close the minds of people who still uh, think he has what it takes. He, I think, will talk a lot about, and we've heard him say, Iowa, New Hampshire, not representative. Okay, we'll see. Now is his time to bring it and show it. Interestingly, in the hours before the debate, he put out a very fascinating a reel, a highlight reel of Michael Bloomberg really going after the fact that, look, I was Barack Obama's vice president, not you, sir. So that will be a fascinating dynamic to watch. Um, for anyone not with the television or not with yeah, the digital say, ad or anything, he's uh, Bloomberg has been, you know, of his, you know, barrage of ads, he has been uh, presenting himself as a partner to Barack Obama. It's been one of the uh, heaviest uh, played ads, both on television and digital. And it's true. I mean, it's Barack Obama's words as saying that uh, Mike Bloomberg was a great mayor, but it does overstate the closeness of their relationship. So look tonight for Joe Biden to uh, do a bit of a reality check on that. He gave a, a bit of a, a preview on social media with this this uh, video kind of pointing out that Mike Bloomberg was not always on board with Team Obama. So that'll be interesting. But we'll see if that works. But I think overall, he needs to show some fight and some confidence, you know, that he is still in this race. So let's flip that around. I, I totally agree with you. This is Joe Biden's sort of put up or shut up time because it is um, 
a diverse electorate and looks more like the Democratic Party makeup across America here in Nevada than Iowa and New Hampshire do. And this so I don't think that argument waits until South Carolina, where it's just majority African-American. The argument has been a diverse electorate overall, and Nevada's a proving ground for that. Now, uh, he may say, well, it's still a caucus state and not a primary and, and those things. But I don't think that I don't think we wait to judge his performance based on that argument that he's been making for so long until South Carolina. So there is the chance if he has a really disappointing performance here. Uh, that South Carolina more is like a goodbye to Joe Biden than uh, an opportunity uh, to turn something around. That that is a I, I I take that point. And I think it's a wise one. Flip it now to Klobuchar and Buttigieg, two people who succeeded in uh, overwhelmingly white electorates, but now have the test uh, to prove that they can expand their coalition of vote. It's a big test. And everywhere Pete Buttigieg goes, he's asked about that. White voters are very concerned. Why haven't you expanded your appeal? Are you able to expand your appeal? So that is a test for him here. And we'll see. I'm not sure if he will be able to or not. He, it is something that he's not been able to uh, really get his arms around. Um, you know, there's a variety of factors. We've uh, talked about them a long time. Uh, but I do think that that is something that he needs to try and show that he can do here. Amy Klobuchar, she's still like new to the scene, but there is still a bit of energy that came with her from New Hampshire. Uh, she, you know, is actually advertising. She is spending money here. That's one of the big things that's changed for her. She, you know, raised $12 million since that Democratic debate in New Hampshire. So she's trying to make it work. But it's hard to imagine uh, her having the kind of uh, surprise showing here that she had in New Hampshire. Um, I do think it's the longer game for her as a challenge. Yeah, she just didn't have the infrastructure built. And there's only so much scaling up uh, you can do. With $12 million, you know, I mean, I, yes, that's a big chunk for her, but... But she's to, a problem for Buttigieg and Biden, and they both realize it, because with so many people, so many moderates in that lane, you know, for lack of a better uh, description, it's a challenge for them, and it's good for Bernie Sanders. Yeah, and uh, Michael Bloomberg now, you know, is presenting the other piece of that challenge to Buttigieg and Biden. It's not just Klobuchar, it's the combination of them all. Of course, he so, has the luxury of not competing here or in South Carolina, you know, and not <laughs> exactly. actually being on the ballot until Super Tuesday. So that is what... When you talk to some candidates in their private moments, they find it a little bit unfair about all this. It's not the Bloomberg money. It's the fact that he is getting a free pass during all these contests that they have to compete in. In my final minute with you, what is your sense of what the Bloomberg team wants to accomplish tonight with its first debate, with his first debate performance? The Bloomberg team wants to show that Mike Bloomberg is a real candidate, not just made for television, that he can stand up and do this himself. He knows he's ready to be president in his own mind, but I do think that he has to show that he is ready to uh, mix it up with these Democrats, but then show that he is the strongest candidate to take on President Trump. So I think uh, they've been practicing a whole lot, I'm told. So I think just seeing how he is in this uh, uncontrolled environment is going to be fascinating. It's hard to teach an old dog, a 78-year-old dog, in this case, new tricks, and it's challenging to jump into a presidential debate with bright lights on the Las Vegas Strip here when it's going so fast. So I think just showing that he can keep up and show that he you know, can dispatch with all this criticism and show that he is the guy to beat President Trump. That's what they want to show. That's a mighty tall task for him. Uh, of all the cliches we could say here in Vegas, it certainly is. The odds uh, are high <laughs> or steep. Have you been doing any gambling? Sadly, no, there's no time for gambling, at least uh, so far. We'll see. <laughs> Jeff, Zeleny, thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate it. It's great to be here. 
As always, we're grateful to our listeners. Please subscribe to The Daily DC on your favorite podcast app. While you're there, consider leaving a rating or a comment. It helps people find the show. And if you want to tweet about the podcast, please do so using the hashtag TheDailyDC. We'll see you tomorrow. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.